What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to a brand new episode of Crime Goal, a true crime podcast where I bring you guys all things true crime. Last week, I took a bit of a hiatus as my life became extremely um, chaotic, as always. But have no fear because I have returned with a new case, one that I have never heard of before until recently. I think it should have received much more coverage than it did. Some of you guys might have heard this case. Maybe some of you are like me and you're brand new to it. But regardless, it is one for the books and it is one we can learn a lot from. So so without further ado, let's get to it. Let's get to this episode. Go brew yourself a cup of coffee, pour yourself a glass of wine, or perhaps take a shot of whiskey because this story is most certainly not for the faint of heart. As always, thank you so much for listening. An angel was born on April 23, 2003. Her name was Amani Gabrielle Moss. Her parents did not care about her, but I can tell you that I do. Children are a future to life as we know it. They are precious. Their innocence is everything. When a child is abused or neglected, there has been a disservice to the human race. There has been evil enacted. A child traumatized from abuse and neglect will feel that evil forever, throughout their whole life. That is, if they survive. Cases involving children are the most difficult to listen to, and there's a reason why. Children are reliant upon their caregivers. They depend on their parents and their loved ones for food, water, clothes, shelter, and love. They did not ask to be brought into this world. Tread lightly with our children, for they are everything. This case is difficult to put into words. It's heart-wrenching, and it's nauseating to hear. It may trigger survivors of abuse. It may leave you sullen. But listening to this case increases awareness. It will open up your eyes to a dark truth. Life is not peaches and cream for everyone. So step out of your comfort because the story is terrible, but it's the least we can do. So let's begin. Amani was born into an unfortunate situation. Her mother was a drug addict. Amani started her life in the most difficult way a newborn child could. She herself experienced an addiction that she did not ask for. Soon after her birth, her mother surrendered her parental rights. In turn, her father, Iman Moss, gained sole custody over his baby girl. Amani's mother had five other children who did not share the same father as Amani. She too gave up her parental rights to those children. Amon began his brave and difficult journey as a single parent, caring for his daughter in the best way that he could. He turned to church. Him and Amani would attend the Freedom Christian Church in Georgia. It is here where Amon fell in love with a preschool teacher, Miss Tiffany. She would become Tiffany Moss when the two married in July of 2009. Amon did not just gain a wife, but he gained two children, a son and a daughter. It was an exciting life that they were about to begin. But in fact, this wouldn't be exciting, and it would be far from happy for little Amani. Amani's life would quickly become a Cinderella story, but make it horror and amp that up by a thousand. Tiffany loved her children. Her son and daughter were the apple of her eye. Then there was Amani, a thorn in her side. She could not stand this little girl, and she hated her for reasons we still don't know and we still don't understand. Tiffany showered her children with love, but she showed nothing but hatred 
and abuse towards Imani. In March of 2010, Tiffany began severely abusing six-year-old Imani. She beat the little girl badly. After receiving a bad report card, Imani told the school nurse that she was afraid to go home. She told the nurse that she was afraid because her parents would hurt her once they found out how bad her report card is. And this is a six-year-old. A six-year-old's report card. Amani trusted the nurse and explained that her stepmom had spanked her with a curtain rod. The nurse feared the worst, so she took a look at this tiny six-year-old and found multiple scabs, bruises, and welts on her arms, back, chest, legs, and shoulders. Horrified, she contacted the police, and the little girl was taken to police headquarters. Soon after that, Tiffany was arrested and charged with first-degree child cruelty. Amani was placed with her beloved grandmother, Robin. They adored each other. This was Iman's mom. So with nowhere to hide, of course, Tiffany fessed up, and she admitted to hitting her stepdaughter, stating that she hit Amani, you know, only three times after she failed to do her homework. No big deal. Tiffany pled guilty and was sentenced to five years of probation. But to my disgust, and I'm sure to many others, both Tiffany and Amon were dismissed from this cruelty case upon completion of various parenting classes. What a fucking joke. These classes did little to nothing. Tiffany had no hope of ever teaching children again, and boy did that fuel her hatred for her stepdaughter. Unfortunately, Amani's time with Robin would soon run out, and after six months of being together, their bond grew tremendously. Amani's school performance improved. Robin decided she wanted to remain with her granddaughter. She knew this girl was safe here, and she could barely look at her son. He was so far from what she had raised him to be. But despite Robin's efforts, Amon fought for the custody of his daughter yet again. And in the fall of 2010, he was granted that custody, and Amani was returned to him. Amani was returning to a really disgustingly toxic environment, a world of resentment and hate. Tiffany blamed every little thing on this kid. The abuse would continue, and it was far worse than the 2010 beating she had already received. Tiffany was calculated, and she knew she could get away with it. She set out to make this kid's life a living hell. By 2012, Amani made her first attempt to flee her home. She ran away, and this would not be the first or the last time. Amani had run away to the apartment complex's leasing office. She was terrified of Tiffany. The little girl experienced terror as her stepmother tied her up with a belt and placed her in a cold shower. The police were called and once they responded to the scene, Tiffany convinced them that Amani was not being truthful. Unfortunately, due to a lack of ed evidence, Tiffany could not be arrested. So yet again, Amani was returned home. On a night in July of 2012, a police officer had been patrolling when he found a little girl sleeping in the bushes near an apartment complex. The officer was disturbed and immediately attended to the child. It was Amani and she would tell him that she ran away because her stepmother was mean to her. The officer contacted child services. He filed a runaway and curfew violation against Imani to ensure that she would see a juvenile court judge. He knew the system was weak, he knew it often failed, so he gave this little girl her best shot to receive help. But of course, this too would fail. Tiffany would tell the authorities that Imani was experiencing jealousy. You know, how it normally goes when a kid has to share her father with the newly married woman and her kids. So that was her case. Amani was just jealous of her and her new siblings. Tiffany swore 
swore that this was it. It was just the jealousy. Yeah, bullshit. From 2011 to 2013, the Moss family moved around frequently. They lived with family until they could get back on their feet. They faced financial hardship and Amon would pick up another job to be able to afford a life of their own. These times were good for Amani. She had other adults around, which meant Tiffany had to feed her. She had to be there and make sure she was treated like the other children. But Amon would soon have enough money to get his family into an apartment of their own. They would move away from family, and she would be left alone with this evil incarnate. And it was already bad enough. I just don't know how her father could put her in such a situation. The little girl, for Pete's sake, ran away and would rather sleep alone in the cold under a bush than live with this woman. It's disgusting. Amon worked long hours to make ends meet. He would rarely see his daughter, and he noticed that when he took care of the children on weekends, his daughter would eat a lot. She was shoving food into her mouth as if she hadn't eaten for days. Amon knew his daughter ran away from home because of Tiffany, and he knew she had bruises and scabs. He knew she would eat like she hadn't eaten in days, and he knew that she had been beat, and he did nothing. And for this, he is a coward. Amani had beautiful, gorgeous hair, and she wore it in her beaded hair bobbles. After a long time of not seeing her extended family, she would finally see her aunt, Sharonice, and Grandma Robin yet again. Both of these women adored Amani, but something was wrong. Terribly wrong. Amani's beautiful hair was gone. Furious, Robin confronted Tiffany and asked what happened to her baby's hair. Tiffany held nothing back and coldly replied, If you act ugly, you should look ugly. Now imagine being Robin. How fucking awful. I would have punched her right in the face, and I don't care what anyone has to say or thinks about that. If you act ugly, you look ugly. Are we serious? Now if Tiffany could so easily say that to her husband's mother, what on earth was she telling this child when nobody was around? Robin and other extended family members would report their concerns to child services, and to no surprise, nothing was fucking done. Amani was becoming thinner and thinner. Robin knew she had not been eating, and she was not being cared for. Child services claimed there was no current address on file to find Amani's location. What a piss-poor excuse. They made no other effort to find the little girl. At the end of the 2012 to 2013 school year, Amon and Tiffany decided to pull Amani from public school. They would instead homeschool her, which I don't even know how that was allowed with Tiffany's record. She beat the kid in 2010 and should rightfully have been held accountable with the five years of probation that she managed to avoid. Sharonice objected to this idea and made every effort to have child services intervene. But once again, they declined. After that 2013 Mother's Day, Robin and Sharonice would never see Amani again. In fact, no one would, besides her stepmother, her father, and her siblings. Amani was known as being a very happy girl in school. She was the light of the classroom, as her teachers would put it. She seemed to really love going to school, and I wonder why it was her only escape she could actually be a child in school, where she was given snacks, where she was able to go play with kids her own age. Meanwhile, at home, she wasn't allowed to play with her siblings. She most certainly wasn't allowed to eat unless Tiffany thought it was time for her to eat. If she wanted her to eat, 
but as we know it, she was thinning out, getting thinner and thinner. So it was pretty evident that Tiffany really didn't care about feeding this kid. But her children, oh, of course she took care of her own biological children. Tiffany never took to Amani. So unfortunately, Amani would be taken out of school and this ex-preschool teacher would be responsible for teaching her. But did anybody ever check in? Did the state ever check in? No, of course not. So Amon continued working long hours and Tiffany continued being a stay-at-home mom, not having any income. She would send many text messages to Amon regarding his daughter's misbehavior. She would send photos of the dinner she would prepare, but Amani would never get any dinner, let alone any food. But things got worse. It went from Tiffany feeding Amani very little to Tiffany feeding Amani nothing. She was starving this child. She would lock the girl in her bedroom, and this went on for weeks. And I couldn't even begin to imagine what this was like hearing her other siblings run around and roam freely and play with each other while she was left alone in her room. It's pretty fucked up that Tiffany would say that Amani had any type of jealousy towards her or any of her siblings, considering her teachers would talk about how Amani was just so happy to bring up her little brother, Tristan. She loved him. All she did was talk about her baby brother. But no, she was jealous of him. Yep, jealous of him. Horrible. She was horrible. Jealous of him, the other siblings, and her stepmother. Yeah. Now, during this time, Tiffany's text messages become extremely important, the ones that she sends to Amon. During this time, there are so many messages of Tiffany asking Amon to bring home brownie mix so she can make brownies, to bring home cookie dough so she can make cookies, ice cream, and other food. Amani would never get any of this. Could you imagine being starving and smelling the warm aroma of brownies baking in the oven, but being told, no, not for you, for us. Everyone else can eat, but you? No, you can't. You're worthless. You don't get any. You're ugly, you act ugly, you get nothing. Imagine being a child and not understanding why your siblings are allowed to eat, but your growling belly has to remain empty. Imagine hearing your siblings play, but you can't. You have to stay on your bed, be quiet, or you'll get beat. As the weeks went on, Amani became too weak to move. She was hungry, and she was running out of life. She couldn't even leave her bed. She was picking a wound on her backside, and Tiffany would become furious at this, super annoyed about it, telling Iman, your daughter is picking her ass. The poor girl was suffering through pain of a bed sore. On one occasion, Tiffany told Iman that Amani burned herself with boiling water in an attempt to eat leftovers that were on the stove. A desperate attempt for the girl to eat something, to eat anything, and she dropped boiling water on herself. And what did Tiffany do? She got some aloe and rubbed it on the girl and put her right back into her bed, locking the door behind her. Then on another occasion, Tiffany got mad and told Amon, your daughter boo-booed on the floor, and she's refusing to clean it up. What Tiffany meant was that this poor girl was so weak, she could not hold in her own bowel movements anymore. She didn't have the strength to do that. And this evil bitch expected her to clean it up? Amani was starving to death. God only knows what else was going on. Did she hit Amani for dumping the boiling water on herself? Did she hit her for defecating on the floor? Who knows what went on in that horror house? And what I don't understand is how Amon did nothing. 
he turned a blind eye to his burned daughter, to his emaciated daughter, to his dying daughter. Why did he do nothing? How do you care for a woman who's killing your child? How do you love that kind of evil? He doesn't even know why. Disgusting. Starvation is a horrible and painful death. It's slow and it's agonizing. To be surrounded by the smell of food and to be starving is legitimate torture. Starvation would have probably went like this. First, Imani would have experienced hunger pains. She would then become severely fatigued. She would continue to lose energy and she would continue to shed weight. Her body would begin eating itself, of course sparing the brain until the very end. In the early evening of October 24th, Tiffany would tell Amon that something was really wrong with Amani. She was in the bathtub seizing. She became unresponsive and her eyes began to roll back and forth. Amon moved her to her bed where she would remain for several days. And in this time, he attempted to feed her food but was unsuccessful. He wanted to contact the authorities, but of course, Tiffany convinced him not to. She knew she would go to prison. Amani was in terrible condition. Her bed was soiled and her body was soiled. Tiffany would make comments like, we will lose these children too. Our freedom will be taken away. Yet, Amani was laying on the bed dying. By October 28, 2012, Amani would succumb to her starvation. She sadly passed away, and at that point, she was more or less skin and bone. She was 10 years old and weighed 32 pounds, the weight of an average three-year-old. That night, Amon came home from work and everything seemed normal. Tiffany was watching TV while her children played. He entered Amani's room and there she was, laying on a blanket on the bedroom floor, dead. Amon was weeping at the death of his daughter and I don't even have a comment for that. He told Tiffany they needed to call the police immediately and she reminded him that they would lose their other children. She convinced him that they needed to hide Amani's body. She had told him that they needed to put on their criminal minds and do something. So Amon wrapped Amani's body with blankets and moved her to their computer room, where her body remained for several days. The family lived their life normally. Amon continued going to work, and when he came home, he would spend the majority of his time with Amani's body, grieving. After days went by, Amon agreed to cover up his daughter's death. And what a sad excuse for a human being he is. Tiffany suggested that they bury Amani's body and report her as a runaway. Since she had already run away multiple times in the past, nobody would really be surprised. Tiffany was ready to move on with her life. The day after the girl's death, she already went out and bought new sheets and a new coverall for the bed since Amani's were covered in excrement and urine. It was no big deal to Tiffany. It was just another day. It was just um, moving forward without her stepdaughter. Amon did not want to bury his daughter, he wanted to cremate her. So you can only imagine how much worse this story gets from here. Amon made a trip to Home Depot and purchased a galvanized trash can, trash bags, charcoal, and lighter fluid. On Halloween night, the deranged couple decided to put Amani's body in the trash can and burn her. But before this, of course Tiffany had to take her kids trick-or-treating. God forbid they miss Halloween. So they dressed up, and they had a ball while her stepdaughter's emaciated corpse remained in a computer room. This woman cannot be a human. There is nothing humane about her. She is evil in its purest form. And Amon is just as sorry of an excuse as she is. So after some spooky Halloween fun and some family photo ops, it was time to attend to the real horror of that Halloween night. To their surprise, Amani's body was hard, 
Guess they never heard of rigor mortis before. Using duct tape, they compressed the little girl's body. They duct taped a child. The disregard for this human life is unfathomable. They wrapped her body in a comforter and stuffed her into a trash bag. In the early hours of November 1st, they put Amani's body in the trash can and put the trash can in the back of their car. They took their children and went on a quest to find a place to burn her body. They found a secluded location and added charcoal briquettes to the bottom of the can, doused the body with lighter fluid, and set her ablaze. As they watched, they realized that her body was not burning to ash. They did not realize that it doesn't work that way. Cremation is not done this way. There is much more to it. Their plan had failed miserably. And after five minutes, they extinguished the fire and took the trash can and Amani's body back to their apartment. The next day, Amon went to work. His daughter's burnt body remained in his car. He was having mental breakdowns throughout the day. He couldn't contain the horror of what he and Tiffany had done. He confided in his best friend, who was also his cousin, and his cousin urged him to contact the police. After he finished his second job that night, he finally decided to call. He let Tiffany know that he would be contacting the police. Around 4 a.m., he called them and explained that he was suicidal. Tiffany placed the trash can containing Amani's remains in a grassy area at the apartment complex and fled with her children. Police arrived and Amon told them that Amani drank chemicals and died. He explained that he panicked and put her body in a trash can outside and attempted to cremate her. Once police found her body, they knew he was lying. It's crazy that he kept trying to protect Tiffany, even at this point. He didn't tell the truth because he didn't want her to go to prison. What is it? I just don't, I don't understand. I will never understand where that comes from. Amon was arrested and both him and Tiffany were named suspects pretty quickly. Tiffany drops her children off to her mother's house and turned herself in, which to me, that's a huge surprise. I I would never have expected that. Amon confessed to trying to cover up his daughter's death and the plan to report her as a runaway. In 2015, Amon pleaded, pleaded guilty to felony murder and concealing a death. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In exchange, he agreed to testify against Tiffany, who rejected a plea deal that would have allowed her to be sentenced to life in prison. Amon is currently incarcerated in the Smith State Prison in Glenville, Georgia. The case against Tiffany Moss instead went to trial. I'm going to include links to the trial for those who want to watch it. It's going to be in my show notes, so feel free to check those out. Tiffany's lack of remorse and empathy is purely nauseating and disgraceful. You will get so annoyed while watching this. The state's attorney representing the death of Amani Moss was phenomenal. She took this case and put her whole being into it. Tiffany had the audacity to represent herself in court. She stated that God would guide her in the proper direction and she wanted to give into his mercy. Tiffany did not testify. She didn't cross-examine witnesses. She didn't call upon any witnesses. She had no closing statement, nothing. She was a joke. She couldn't be seen smirking in the courtroom, drawing, writing, not even shedding a tear for the horror she committed, even when the evidence was presented to the jury. Nothing. There was nothing that came out of her. Tiffany would be sentenced to death, and she currently is awaiting her execution. She's incarcerated at Arendelle State Prison and is Georgia's only female death row inmate. As for their children, both grandparents were not allowed custody. The children now live with foster parents, and they are reportedly doing really well with their new home. 
Their three-year-old child had memories of the crime, but with time it's possible that, that these children will never remember anything about what happened to Amani, and maybe that's for the best. Amani's life will not be forgotten. Her death left a legacy. Her murder led to criticisms of and systemic changes in Georgia's child welfare system. After her murder, several people were terminated from Georgia's Department of Federal Child Services for failure to keep Amani Moss safe. The state assured that this would never happen to another child, that they would never go unnoticed. Her death also led to massive changes in the Department of Child Services, and they revamped their system and changed their ways of attending to child abuse cases and making sure that they were thorough when going for visitations and for observations of these children's environments. Since the death of Amani Moss, Georgia's child welfare system has improved greatly. I'd like to think that her death wasn't in vain, and she will not be forgotten as her legacy continues to live on in the state of Georgia. And hopefully through people who have become aware of her story like you and I. After Amani's death, her grandmother Robin and her aunt filed a lawsuit in the Gwinnett County State Court against the Department of Child Services, arguing that the caseworkers were aware of the deteriorating conditions and abuse in the Moss family, and they could have acted earlier. Robin also sued the Department of Human Services. She's seeking a jury trial and the reasonable compensatory damages. According to her lawsuit, there were multiple occasions where the department could have investigated the Moss household and intervened on behalf of little Amani. As a result of the negligence of the Child Services Department and its agents, Amani suffered constant abuse and deprivation from 2008 until her untimely death. The lawsuit also states, as a direct and proximate result of the defendant's wrongful conduct, Plaintiff is entitled to recover for the wrongful death of Amani, including the full value of the economic and non-economic value of her life had she lived. Amani lived through hell. There are children everywhere enduring the same, if not worse, conditions. Child abuse and neglect is real people, and it's important to be aware and not to hide from such an ugly truth. Going through a case like this really changes your per perception of life, at least it changed mine. Many people steer away from these stories, and I don't blame you guys, those of you that are out there. But when I say giving a story like this is the least that you and I can do, it truly is. Amani suffered unimaginable horror, terror, and torture. It may be hard for us to hear about this or to think about how difficult it was for her, but just think about how much harder it was for her to live out every excruciating day. Educate yourself. Learn the signs and red flags of child abuse and neglect. It's never easy to make yourself aware of such horror, but it could save a life. Amon and Tiffany Moss are inhumane to me and to a lot of people. They are what you call a monster, and I think that they are exactly where they need to be. They're exactly where they belong, and I'm pleased to know that they'll never taste freedom again. Amani's life was snuffed too short. So many children's lives have been taken at the hand of their own families. So this is my way of paying respect and honoring the life of Amani Moss. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening to her story. And I think I just about said it all. That's all I have left for this one.
A case like this can easily just suck the life out of you for for a day. And maybe you're like me and you kind of just need to recuperate and watch a bunch of happy cat videos or happy dog videos or just something stupid and mindless. And if that's what you need to do, so be it. Just don't forget the importance of this story and don't forget how important it is to educate yourself about the signs and red flags regarding child abuse, whether it's general forms of abuse, sexual abuse, or neglect. It's important we take care of our children and we look out for our children because they are our future. While researching for this case, I learned so many wonderful things about Amani. Despite all the horrible things she went through, she was a little girl that was full of happiness and energy and like I mentioned before, she loved school, she adored her teachers, she loved her classmates and there was this one account I read of her and it made me smile from the inside out, honestly. And there was somebody who was a bit of a bully in her class and she so desperately wanted to be this bully's friend and this bully did not like her, she wanted nothing to do with her. And Amani wrote her a letter like, I don't want you to hate me. I want you to be my friend. I want to be your friend. I know you're sad or you're angry, but if we become friends, it could be better. This child was so insightful for her age. This mean, mean girl who didn't like her. She just wanted to befriend her and to think of the horrible things that poor Amani went through at home. And yet here she is being bullied at school and she just wants this the love from this bully she wants her approval and to me it just goes to show that she probably felt the same way about tiffany and sure enough amani did win the love of this bully and they became friends and her teacher said that this bully's life in school really improved and who knows what that bully was going through because a bully isn't just there they don't just exist they're created So I'm sure that child was experiencing not such a great home life herself. This little girl had so much love in her heart and I hope to one day obtain the immense amount of love she had in my own heart and in my own life. It's hard to love people when they're cruel and when they're mean. Whether it's the person who curses you out and you're a cashier in the grocery store and some random person curses you out for god forbid shutting your light off to go home for the day or maybe it's the person who is pissed that you were going too slow on the highway even though you are going above the speed limit and you're just not pushing 100 like they are it's trying to give love to those impatient people when they don't necessarily deserve it that's something that's extremely difficult to do that this 10 year old had the ability to do Kindness is everything, people, and in such a self-entitled world and a very angry world, it seems, now more than ever, it's so important that we're kind to each other, so make sure that you try to find in your heart to give that person a benefit of the doubt, to think, you know, maybe they're having a really shitty day, shit, maybe they lost their job, maybe they just lost somebody due to COVID, Who knows? We need to take a minute to think about what the other person is going through. Of course, there are some people like Tiffany Moss who don't really deserve our um, care if you ask me. And that may sound a little fucked up. But you know what? I stand where I stand on that one. There are some people that are just 
not redeemable in life, and I would say she's one of them. But you get my point. Make sure you're practicing kindness and let's just not jump the gun. Let's take a moment before we react because we can't control what others do, but we most certainly can control our reactions to how they act. I learned a lot from Omani's case and I'm so thankful that I have a Reddit account and I'm one of those nerds who stay up to date on Reddit and read my emails and just Three weeks ago, something popped up about Imani Moss because I am big on the true crime reddits and subreddits and all that. So I saw Imani's name and I'm like, what is this? And I fell down this rabbit hole that I really wish I had not found until I really did the research and realized why it's so important to listen to cases like hers. So thank you so much for making it this far. If you like this episode, share it. If you want to help educate people about this, do it. Um, I posted to my Instagram, crimeghoul underscore, the signs of child abuse and neglect and two hotlines in the United States that you could contact should you expect a case of child abuse or neglect. So definitely check me out there if you or anybody you know are concerned with the child's well-being. We are responsible for children, whether they're your children or not your children. I personally don't have kids, but I now know I will definitely be on the lookout because there are so many kids going through this day in and day out. And if we can make a difference, then even if it's just for one child, so be it. It's worth it. But otherwise, go to my Instagram. Again, crimeghoul underscore. Check out the pictures of Amani if you want to see a really cute, beautiful little girl. Um, her face and her smile is just, it's just so contagious and God rest her soul. This episode was a little short and I honestly think it needed to be because that was a rough case. Maybe, I don't know if it came off as rough to you guys, um, but for me researching it and watching the court case, the actual trial, it took a lot of emotion and energy out of me. So I'm sorry if I seem a little drained, even coming back from a hiatus, but it, it, it was a rough one. It was definitely a disturbing one. But anyway, I make this content to help educate other people about these true crime stories that are not heavily covered in the media. If you like this episode and it's the first time you've ever heard me, go check out my other episodes. Maybe you'll like those too. If you guys are looking for ways to support me and to support my content, definitely check out my Instagram account where you guys can click the link tree in my bio that will bring you to my Etsy shop, my Teespring, which guys, I have brand new Uh, merch on there so feel free to take a browse and if you like anything please everything helps I am going to be reinvesting it back into my podcast so I can continue to make content and continue to create great content and improve it every time every chance I get because this is really the only thing that keeps me sane throughout my crazy life so Thank you again for just listening. That's enough support in itself. But yeah, if you're just looking to be a little more, um, a little more supportive, that's cool. If not, that's fine too. There's even this new, new thing on my link tree where you could buy me a coffee if you guys wanted to do that. Caffeine helps me write all my scripts and get through this difficult content. So, you know, that's appreciated as well. But again, if not, times are tough. I don't expect anything like that. I just still to this day cannot believe they're 
are a lot of you out there who listen to me ramble and sometimes stumble over my words and maybe sound too scripted but hey I'm still brand new to the game I'm still a beginner but I'm, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon I hope you guys have a great day great rest of your week I will see you guys next Tuesday with a brand new episode talk to me on social media i am back from my hiatus and i'm ready to talk all things true crime so again go find me on instagram i have a tiktok and facebook just crime ghoul um twitter crime ghoul and we could talk about this stuff but until next time stay spooky stay aware and stay safe see you guys later bye (laughs) 